0: Aesop's Fables, 2. The Plane Tree. Two travelers walking in the noonday sun decided to rest in the shade of a wide spreading tree. As they lay looking up among the pleasant leaves, they saw that it was a plane tree. How useless is a plane tree, said one of them. It gives no fruit, and in the fall it just litters the ground with leaves. Unless, said the plane tree, there you lie in my cooling shade. You two fools are ungrateful and don't deserve the blessing of my shade. Our best blessings are often the least appreciated. The Vain Jackdaw and His Borrowed Feathers A jackdaw flew over the garden of the king's palace. There he saw, with much wonder and envy, a flock of royal peacocks with splendid tail-feathers. Now the jackdaw was not a very handsome bird. Surely all I need to do is to dress like a peacock in order to become quite a fine-looking fellow, he decided. So he flew down and picked up some colorful feathers off the ground, and stuck them among his own black feathers. Dressed in his borrowed feathers, he strutted among the other jackdaws, with his nose in the air. "'Ah, how fine I look!' he thought. "'Ah, how jealous the other jackdaws must be!' Then he flew down into the garden among the peacocks, but they soon saw who he was, a cheat. They flew at him, angrily plucking away the borrowed feathers, and also some of his own black feathers. The poor jackdaw returned sadly home, and there another surprise awaited him. The jackdaws had not forgotten how he had strutted about with his fine feathers. To punish him, they drove him away, pecking at his black tail feathers. Borrowed feathers do not make fine birds. The Frogs Who Wished for a King The frogs were tired of having no rules or ruler. They had always been able to do whatever they chose to do. They had so much freedom that it had spoiled them. They did nothing but sit around croaking in a bored manner and wishing for a government that could entertain them. How fun it would be to have a royal king! How grand it would be to have a king rule them in a way to make them know they were being ruled. No weak government for them, they declared. So they sent a request to Jupiter, the king of the gods, asking for a king. Jupiter saw what simple and foolish creatures they were. To keep them quiet and make them think they had a king, he threw down a huge log, which fell into the water with a great splash. The frogs hid themselves among the reeds and grasses, thinking the new king to be some fearful giant. But they soon discovered how tame and boring King Log was. In a short time, the younger frogs were using him for a diving board, while the order older frogs made him a meeting place where they complained loudly to Jupiter about the government. These silly frogs think they need a king to rule them, said Jupiter. They do not think they can rule themselves. How foolish they are. I must teach them a lesson. And so the ruler of the gods sent a crane to be king of frogland. The crane turned out to be a very different sort of king from old King Log. He gobbled up the poor frogs right and left, and they soon saw what fools they had been. With sad, pitiful croaks they begged Jupiter to take away the cruel king before they were all eaten. "'Aha!' cried Jupiter. "'You are not happy now? You have what you asked for.' And so, you have only yourselves to blame for your misfortunes. Before you ask for a change, make sure the change will make your life better. The Crow and the Pitcher In a spell of dry weather when the birds could find very little to drink, a thirsty crow found a pitcher with a little water in it. But the pitcher was high and had a narrow neck. No matter how he tried, the crow could not reach the water. He felt as if he would die of thirst. Then an idea came to him. Picking up some small pebbles, he dropped them into the pitcher one by one. With each pebble, the water rose a little higher. The crow kept dropping in pebbles until at last the water was near enough to the top so that he could drink. A good use of wits may help you out. THE ANTS AND THE GRASSHOPPER One bright day in late autumn, a family of ants was bustling about in the warm sunshine. They were busy drying out all the grain they had stored up during the summer. Along came a starving grasshopper with his fiddle under his arm. He came up and humbly begged for a bite to eat. "'What?' cried the ants in surprise. "'Haven't you stored anything away for the winter?' What in the world were you doing all last summer? Oh, well, I didn't have time to store up any food, said the grasshopper. I was busy making music and having fun. Before I knew it, the summer was gone. The ants shrugged their shoulders in disgust. Making music, were you? they cried. Very well, then. Now you can dance. And they turned their backs on the grasshopper and went on with their work. There's a time for work and a time for play. The Bear and the Bees A bear was walking through the woods in search of berries. He came across a fallen tree in which a swarm of bees had stored their honey. The bear began to nose around the log very carefully to find out if the bees were at home. Just then one of the bees came home from a clover field with a load of sweets the bee guessed what the bear was after, and she flew at him, stung him sharply, and then disappeared into the hollow log. The bear lost his temper. In an instant, he sprang upon the log tooth and claw to destroy the nest, but this only brought out the whole swarm. The poor bear had to take to his heels with the swarm after him. He was able to save himself only by diving into a pool of water. It is wiser to put up with a single injury in silence than to bring on a thousand by flying into a rage. THE STAG AND HIS REFLECTION A stag was drinking from a clear spring when he saw himself in the water. He greatly admired the graceful arch of his antlers, but he was very much ashamed of his thin legs. How can it be? he sighed that I have such thin, weak-looking legs, when I have such a magnificent crown of antlers. At this moment he smelled a panther. In an instant the stag was bounding away through the forest, but as he ran, his wide-spreading antlers caught in the branches of the trees, and soon the panther overtook him. Then the stag realized that his thin legs would have saved him had it not been for his useless fancy antlers on his head. We often value that which is lovely to look at more than what is useful. The Donkey and the Load of Salt A merchant driving his donkey homeward from a seashore with a heavy load of salt came to a stream. They had crossed this stream safely many times before, but this time the donkey slipped and fell when half way over. When the merchant at last got him to his feet, much of the salt had melted away in the water. The donkey found that his load was much lighter. How delighted he was! And so he finished the journey home very happily. The next day the merchant went for another load of salt. On the way home the clever donkey let himself fall into the water and again got rid of most of the heavy salt. The angry merchant turned around and drove the donkey back to the seashore, where he loaded him with two great baskets of sponges. At the stream the donkey again tumbled over, but when he got to his feet he found that the sponges were filled with water. The donkey dragged himself home under a load ten times heavier than before. What works for one situation will not work for another. The Rabbit and the Frogs Rabbits, as you know, are very timid. Even a shadow can send them scurrying to a hiding place. One day, as they were passing a pond, they were saying how ashamed they were to be so timid. A family of frogs was sitting among the reeds The frogs heard the rabbits, and in an instant they jumped into the water. "'Look!' cried the rabbit. "'Things are not so bad. There are creatures who are even afraid of us. No matter how low you feel, there is always someone worse off.' THE BUNDLE OF STICKS A father had a family of sons who were always arguing among themselves. No words he could say did any good he decided to think of a way to show them that bickering would lead to no good end. One day, when his sons had been arguing and sulking more than usual, he asked one of them to bring him a bundle of sticks. Then, handing the bundle to each of his sons in turn, he told them to try to break it. Each one tried his best, but none was able to do so. The father then untied the bundle and gave the stick to his sons to break one by one this they did very easily my son said the father do you not see how certain it is that if you agree with each other and help each other it will be impossible for your enemies to injure you but if you are divided among yourselves you'll be so you will be no longer strong than a single stick in this bundle in unity is strength THE TWO STUBBORN GOATS There were once two goats, who were each walking on opposite rocky sides of a mountain valley. It so happened that a large tree had fallen, forming a bridge between the two sides. Far beneath this bridge there flowed a wide river. Now the two goats each started to cross the bridge and looked up and saw each other. The trunk of the tree was large but not large enough for two animals to pass one another safely. One goat would have to wait for the other to cross. And do you think one goat would back up and allow the other to pass? No, these goats were both too stubborn. One goat set his foot on the log, the other did also. Each kept walking until they met in the middle, horn to horn. Neither would back up, nor step aside. Instead, they locked horns and pushed each other, and both fell down, down, down into the river below. It is better to step aside than to stubbornly step into his disaster. The Boys and the Frogs Some boys were playing one day at the edge of a pond where a family of frogs happened to live. The boys were laughing and making a game of throwing stones into the pond to see if they could skip them across the top of the water. The stones were flying thick and fast, and the boys were enjoying themselves very much. But the poor frogs in the pond were trembling with fear. At last one of the frogs, the eldest and bravest, put his head out of the water and said, "'Oh, please, dear children, stop your cruel game!' though it may be fun for you, it means death to us. Always be sure your fun is not the cause of another's unhappiness. What the Young Mouse Saw A very young mouse had never seen anything of the world. When he went out from his home for the first time, he almost came to a sad end, and this is the story he told his mother about his adventure i was strolling along very happy just as i turned the corner into the next yard i saw two strange creatures one of them had a very kind and sweet look i did not fear it at all but the other was the most fearful monster you can think of you should have seen him on top of his head in front of his neck there were red pieces of raw meat he walked about tearing up the ground with his toes "'and beating his arms against his sides. "'The moment he saw me, he opened his pointed mouth "'as if to swallow me. "'Then he let out a loud roar that frightened me almost to death. "'Can you guess who it was that the young mouse "'was trying to describe to his mother? "'It was nobody but the barnyard rooster. "'It was the first one the little mouse had ever seen. "'So, of course, it was quite a sight to him. "'Oh, mother,' said the mouse, How I wish that terrible monster had not been there. I wanted so much to meet the pretty creature who looked so good and gentle. She had thick, soft fur, a sweet face, and such a calm look, though her eyes were bright and shining. As she looked at me, she waved her fine, long tail and smiled. I am sure she was just about to speak to me when that awful monster I have told you about let out a screaming yell and I ran for my life. And can you guess who the pretty creature was that charmed the young mouse? My son, said the mother mouse. That gentle creature you saw was none other than the cat. She may have a kind-looking face, but she does not like mice. The other was nothing but a bird who couldn't harm you in the least. As for the cat, she eats you up. So be careful, my child. THAT YOU ESCAPE WITH YOUR LIFE. REMEMBER, DON'T TRUST LOOKS TO discern SOMEONE'S HEART. DO NOT JUDGE SOMEONE'S NATURE BY HIS LOOKS ALONE. HERCULES AND THE FARMER A farmer was driving his wagon along a soggy country road. The horses could hardly drag the load through the deep mud. At last they came to a standstill when a wheel sank in a rut. The farmer climbed down from his seat and stood beside the wagon looking at it, making no effort to get out of it. All he did was mutter about his bad luck and called loudly on Hercules to come to his aid. Then, it is said, Hercules appeared, saying, Put your shoulder to the wheel, man, and urge on your horses. Do you think you can move the wagon by simply whining about it? Hercules will not help unless you make some effort to help yourself. And when the farmer put his shoulder to the wheel and urged on the horses, the wagon moved slowly but surely. Soon the farmer was again riding along with a good lesson learned. Heaven helps those who helps themselves. The Lion, the Bear, and the Fox Just as a great bear rushed upon a stray goat, A lion leaped in upon the same prey. The two fought for the prize until each was so wounded that both sank down to rest. Just then a fox dashed up and made off with a goat as fast as he could go. The lion and the bear looked on in helpless rage. It would have been better for us, said the lion, if we had agreed to share the meal. Those who battle for gain may risk loss of all. THE PROUD LION AND THE DONKEY One day the king of beasts walked proudly down a path. The animals stepped aside to let him pass and bowed to him. However, one donkey brayed rudely as the lion passed. The lion felt a flash of anger, but when he saw who had spoken, he walked quietly on. The great lion would not raise one claw or bother himself with such a fool. Do not listen to the words of a fool. Ignore them. The Wolf and His Shadow A wolf left his den one evening, feeling fit and strong, but hungry. As he ran, the setting sun cast his shadow far out on the ground. The long shadow made the wolf seem a hundred times bigger than he really was. How grand! exclaimed the wolf proudly. See how big I am! I am bigger than a lion. Why, if I see one of those little beasts, I have no need to fear at all. Imagine me running away from a little lion. I'll show him, who is fit to be king, he or I. Just then, an even larger shadow was cast next to the wolf's shadow. The next instant, a lion struck him down with a single blow. Do not let your imagination make you forget reality. THE WOLF AND THE LAMB A wolf was lapping at a spring on a hillside. He looked up and saw a little lamb just beginning to drink downstream. There's supper, he thought, if only I can find some excuse to seize it. So the wolf went down and called out to the lamb. "'How dare you muddy up my water?' "'But, sir,' replied the meek lamb, "'you were upstream, and I am downstream. "'I cannot muddy the water you drink up there.' "'Well, then,' said the wolf, "'why did you call me bad names this time last year?' "'That cannot be,' said the lamb. "'I am only six months old.' "'If it wasn't you, it was your brother.' "'I have no brothers.' I don't care, growled the wolf. If not a brother, then it was your father. And with that, he rushed upon the poor lamb and carried her off. Any excuse will do for a bully. The Wolf and the Lion A wolf had stolen a lamb and was carrying it off to his den to eat it. But the plans were changed when he met a lion. The lion, without so much as a word or excuse, growled and took the lamb away from him. The wolf trotted off to a safe distance, and then he called in a stern voice. "'You have no right to take my meal like that,' the lion looked back angrily. But because the wolf was too far away to be taught a lesson with a swift swipe of his paw, the lion said, "'Your meal? Did you buy it?' or did the shepherd give it to you? Please tell me, how did you get it? What is ill won can be ill lost. The wolf at the shepherd's hut. A wolf looked into a hut and saw the shepherd and his family feasting on a roasted lamb. Ha! he muttered. If the shepherd had caught me feasting on a lamb, what a great shouting and running about there would be! I would be hunted down and punished. Men often see no wrong in doing that which they don't allow others to do. The Lion and the Mosquito Away with you, vile insect, said the lion angrily to a mosquito that was buzzing around his head, but the mosquito paid no attention to the great beast. Do you think, he said to the lion with a sneer, that I am afraid of you because they call you king. The next instant he flew at the lion and stung him sharply on the nose. Mad with rage, the lion struck fiercely at the mosquito, but only succeeded in tearing himself with his claws. Again and again the mosquito stung the lion, who now was roaring terribly. At last, worn out with rage and covered with wounds, that his own teeth and claws had made, the lion gave up the fight. The mosquito buzzed away to tell the whole world about his victory, but instead he flew straight into a spider's web, and there he who had defeated the king of beasts came to a sad end, the prey of a little spider. Don't let pride blind you to pitfalls. The Peacock's Tale The peacock, they say, did not at first have the beautiful feathers he has now. It seems that there was a time when the peacock begged Juno, the queen of the gods, for a rich train of feathers grander than any other bird. Juno granted his request with his new gleaming tail of green, gold, purple, and blue. He strutted around proudly among the other birds. All who saw him envied him which pleased the vain peacock greatly. The peacock then saw an eagle soaring high up in the blue sky. Ah, said the peacock, how amazing I will look when I fly with my new robe of feathers. Lifting his wings, the peacock tried to rise from the ground, but the weight of his magnificent train held him down. Never again could he fly up to the great first rays of the morning sun or the rosy clouds at sunset. Instead, he would have to walk the ground with his long, heavy tail and beautiful royal feathers. Gain of riches can also bring loss of freedom. THE HERON A heron was walking along the bank of a stream. He kept his eyes on the clear water, with his long neck and pointed bill ready to snap up something tasty for his breakfast. The clear water was filled with fish, but the heron was hard to please that morning. No little fish for me, he said with a sniff when he spotted some minnows. So small a meal is not fit for a heron. Now a fine young perch swam near. No, indeed, said the heron. I wouldn't even trouble to open my beak for anything that small. As the sun rose, the fish left the shallow water near the shore, and swam below to the cooler water in the middle of the stream. The heron saw no more fish. Weary and hungry, he was glad at last to breakfast on a tiny snail. If you are too hard to please, you may end up with hardly anything. THE YOUNG FOX AND THE LION A very young fox had never before seen a lion. When he met one in the forest, he took off at top speed for a hiding place. The second time the fox saw the lion, he hid behind a tree a moment before sneaking away. But the third time the fox went boldly up to the lion and said, Hello there, old friend. It's too easy to feel safe when something is familiar. THE WOLF AND THE CLEVER DONKEY A donkey was feeding in a field near a wood. He chanced to see a wolf sneaking along in the shadows behind some bushes. He easily guessed what the wolf had in mind. "'I must have a plan to save myself,' he thought. So he pretended he had been hurt in the foot and began to walk about as if he were in great pain. When the wolf came up, he asked the donkey how he had hurt his foot. "'I have stepped on a sharp thorn,' replied the donkey.' "'Oh, it hurts!' "'How I wish I could help you, my friend,' said the wolf. "'But you see, I would rather make you into my next meal.' "'Oh, but you are so skilled. "'Please pull it out,' groaned the donkey. "'If you do not, it might stick in your throat when you eat me.' The wolf saw the wisdom of the advice, for, indeed, he wanted to enjoy his meal without any danger of choking. So the donkey lifted up his foot, and the wolf began to search very closely and carefully for the thorn. Just then, the donkey kicked out with all his might, hitting the wolf right in the nose. The wolf went tumbling head over heels, and while the wolf was getting very slowly and painfully to his feet, the donkey ran away in satisfaction. "'Serves me right,' growled the wolf as he crept into the bushes. "'I'm a hunter, not a doctor.' Stick to what you do best.